Welcome to How I Raised It, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who've raised capital. We uncover the tips, tricks, and techniques they use to get investors to write a check. Strap in and turn it up. Hi, welcome to another episode of How I Raised It, produced by Foundersuite.com. Today I have Steve Gutentag uh, of 30 Madison coming to us from a balmy New York day. How's your day going, Stephen? It's going great. How are you doing today? Very good. It's also beautiful here in San Francisco, so I couldn't be happier. It's, we've been getting our awesome weather. It's fun. So, life It's is nice to have like a week of good weather. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like productivity probably slows down a little bit, you know, because I got to get outside. But uh, hey, that's okay. So what do you guys do? What is 30 Medicine? Yeah, so first, just thanks for having me on the show. Um, 30, 30 Madison is a company that uh, I started about a year and a half ago, and we build uh, healthcare brands that help people treat and manage chronic conditions. Um, and more broadly, we're, we're rebuilding how consume, the modern consumer is able to manage their, their healthcare experience. And the lens that we take is, is taking one condition at a time. And, and really building an end-to-end solution for someone who's experiencing that condition, combining virtual diagnosis, access to affordable treatment options, and ongoing condition management and, and ongoing care to help uh, our, our customers better manage their chronic health condition. Our first brand, uh, and really the brand that we're, we're known for to date, is, is called Keeps, and it's focused on men's hair loss. It's a full-service solution that, again, combines that diagnosis and affordable treatments to expand access to preventative medicine and care for the millions of men who are starting to experience hair loss, a condition that impacts two out of every three guys by the time they turn 35. Yes, it's, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean forward, uh, but it is a condition that impacts, I guess I'm in the two, two thirds, um, but uh, the way I look at it, like I already got the beautiful wife out <laughs> here and I got the kids. And so, you know what? I'm okay. I, I kind of, who needs the hair? No. <laughs> well, so, well, so it's, it's also something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm also in the two thirds and I started to experience hair loss in my twenties. And uh, at that point for me, it was, it was something that uh, I wasn't ready, uh, you know, for that to happen. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to, cause I always thought it was something that impacted older guys and I wanted to uh, find a way to, to stop it. And uh, I was, I would have been really happy if I could keep and maintain what I had and get a little bit back and went through a journey myself that I found was, uh, uh, you know, had a lot of friction, but came out the other side with a solution that, and, and treatments that work, but I was spending a lot and had to do a lot myself and felt there was, uh, had to be a much easier and better way. So speaking of other ways, I just got back two weeks ago from Turkey, Istanbul, and apparently I don't have uh, uh, hard data on this, but apparently Turkey or Istanbul is like the hair transplant capital of the world it's like holiday you know medicine and you go out to restaurants and you see all these guys with the bandages all in the back of their head right because that's where they're taking the follicles and then putting them up it's kind of freaky to see <laughs> but um yeah anyway 
No, I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people go and do that and, and you know, hair tra transplants are something that can be really effective, but they're, people travel there because they're so expensive and it's something that you really use as kind of a, a last step um, when there are options. It's, it's much harder to regrow hair once it's lost. And so that's why you have these transplants and things like that. And it yeah. is to keep the hair you have. And, and so that's kind of where we focus is, is really people who are just starting to experience hair loss and want to stop it and get a little bit back. There's, there's something you can do there. And that's, that's where our offering is really uh, powerful. And we're, we're helping so many guys who thought there was nothing they could do or they'd have to go and resort to something like that and, and now have a really affordable and accessible option. So you're talking about virtual diagnosis, diagnosis and then treatment and ongoing maintenance. So is it, do you actually have like a, a teleconference with a doctor or, or what's the diagnosis look like? Yeah, great question. So the experience when you go to Keeps is you can go to our website, keeps.com, and you can get some basic information about hair loss in plain English, answers to a lot of the questions that, that many guys have when, when they're starting to go through this process. But then we make it really easy for you to get access to a physician on our website. So you complete a, a telemedicine visit. Um, it's a combination of uh, questions that we've worked alongside some of the leading hair loss physicians to develop the diagnostic framework for this. Um, so you answer a set of questions about yourself, um, you upload a set of photos, and that gets sent off and uh, it's reviewed by a physician who's licensed in your state who comes back to you with a recommendation about what, um, you know, whether or not some of the treatments we offer are right, could be right for you and could help you, but then also um, which ones, they give you some tips and tricks about those, those treatments. And then you're able to easily order those treatments from our site, have them delivered on a, a recurring basis. Yep. Um, and then if any questions come up, uh, you have continued access to your doctor along the way. We also have tools where those same photos you take in the initial consultation, you're able to take them periodically after and see the same photo from the same angle to see actually how you're doing and, and hopefully yeah. you're seeing good outcomes and results. And is it... Um... Is it a prescription or is this, I guess, of course, a logical question is how is this, you know, better than just going to Costco and getting some Rogaine or whatever the, uh, they sell there? Yeah. It's a great question. So we, we sell uh, two products. They're both FDA approved. Um, they're generic of, of the original branded drugs of which that is one. And um, so we sell the two products that we sell, one is prescription, it's a prescription pill. The other is a topical solution um, that's over the counter. And when you go and get them through us, you not only have obviously the convenience of the doctor visit on the internet and the delivery to your home and what we believe is a very relatable and approachable brand that you, you want to interact with and will look beautiful on your shelf. Yep. It's also about half of what you would pay at the largest retail pharmacy chains. Okay. So you're not only getting access to a really high quality doctor visit on our site, but you're also getting access to affordable treatments uh, and we're saving guys money. The guys who come and buy through us, if they were to go to one of the large pharmacy chains that you know you, you have in san francisco and we have in new york um they'd be paying uh oftentimes more than double what they're paying with us okay interesting great um and then where do you expand beyond men's hair loss What's the yeah 
Yeah, so we, we recently announced that um, we, we closed on our Series A, which is, I think, um, one of the reasons why we're, we're chatting today. And um, what there's, there's really two big goals for, for, for that and, and two things that we're looking to do. One is Keeps is growing very quickly, and it's, it's really exciting to see the tens and tens of thousands of guys who are um, actively using our service and, and are happy. But, uh, and so we want to continue to grow that and improve on that experience and then the second thing is that we're really excited with this delivery model and the, inf and the platform that we've built with 30 Madison and believe it can help um, in a variety of chronic health care chronic health conditions and so we're also gearing up uh, for launching a new brand on our platform called Cove um, which we'll launch later this year and similarly is a full-service healthcare company uh, focused on offering personalized treatment options for migraines and migraine sufferers. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, great. Um, congrats. Okay, well, let's talk about fundraising. So you've raised how many rounds? I see two seed rounds and a Series A. Is that correct or, or no? Yes. Let's go with, I guess, the earliest. Let's just start chronologically. So the first seed round. Um, I mean, this is, you know, it's funny. When I first heard what you guys do, I'm like, these well-known VCs are investing in kind of consumer products. I was kind of surprised. Now when I hear kind of a subscription or as a service, it sort of makes a lot more sense why VCs would be into this. But um, maybe take us to raising the seed round. What was that like and what was the, the pitch and how did you identify investors who would be interested in this? Yeah, it's a, it's a really great question. And I think, you know, if you take a step back and, and, and try to think about what it is that we're we're doing and, and why it's gotten a lot of excitement both early on and continued through the life of the company yes it's a consumer um uh business and we're building a brand and we're going direct to consumer and i think you're seeing a lot of interest in that area mm -hmm. but we're, we're applying the direct to consumer model to something that is affects pretty much everyone in the country which is the healthcare system and uh I think is unanimous. One thing that most people unanimous, unanimously agree on is that the healthcare system needs a lot of improvement. And if there are ways where we can really expand access to care and make it more affordable to get high quality care for uh, people across the country, and also if we can lower the cost of that care, so not only in, improve the standards, but also lower the cost, that's a really, really valuable thing that we're providing and a valuable offering that we're providing, but it's also a big opportunity. And so I think people really get excited when they get to work on, alongside people who are one, working on, yes, as a, an investor, you're looking for big opportunities where you can make returns, but also where you can actually have a huge impact on people's daily lives. And, and that's something that um, people have been really excited about and we've continued to, to really keep it heart in our company is you know we're, we're reimagining the healthcare experience for the modern consumer the, the system today is not built in a way to meet the needs of the modern consumer mm -hmm. obviously the modern consumer has changed over the last 10 20 even five years um, but the system hasn't really kept up and as an individual you're oftentimes uh, in a you know the experience of navigating the healthcare system is confusing at best combining doctors and insurance companies and medication and pharmacies and 
sometimes you have PBMs involved and so on. And, and, and doing that as, as an individual who's just trying to resolve a health issue is, is confusing at best and feels dehumanizing at worst. And uh, having a real way to do that and a path forward to do that uh, is, a, is, a, is really powerful and exciting thing to be working along, but it's also yeah. a very big opportunity. Healthcare is something like 12% of our GDP, um, and we're touching many different areas of that. And so uh, when we went out and spoke with investors, both early and, and, and more recent early, it was much more about selling this, this mission and this vision and what we believed we would do. And um, having had a, uh, some background in, in the world of startups and having founded a company previously and, and uh, uh, sold that company previously, uh, and that track record helped open a few doors initially this time around, um, but then also having a real plan and path forward uh, was what got uh, folks early on in the process really excited. And then obviously as we've uh, built our product and grown and moved towards our Series A through, through the last year and a half, it's, it's moved from, we're still obviously still selling on our, on our broad vision, but it's also moved from selling with just a vision to actually showing the numbers and the progress in the business. Yeah, for sure. No, that's exciting. Uh, what was your previous company? What were we doing before this? Yeah, so it's it's actually really interesting. My my co-founder Dimitri and I we've worked together now for about the last eight years consecutively. We started our first company together, uh, which was a platform for booking home cleaning online. Um, oh. And uh, this was back in 2010, 2011. We started building our company. Um, it was based out of New York and it was called Get Made. We grew that for a number of years and then ended up selling to a company based in San Francisco called HomeJoy. Um, sure. yeah. and, and we worked at HomeJoy for a few years and, and you know, unfortunately HomeJoy uh, is no longer around. Um, was a, an incredible experience while we were working there though. With, worked with some incredible people who I are still very close friends today and learned a ton through that experience. And um, uh, part of that HomeJoy team ended up continuing to go on uh, uh, to Google as a, uh, a small talent acquisition and part of the team and worked inside Google um, on their search ads product group, mm -hmm. uh, uh, helping them build uh, a new type of uh, ad product that is on the search results page today. And both my co-founder and I stayed and worked together on the same, uh, same teams throughout this process. And um, in March of last year, left to start 30 Madison. That's exciting. Okay, so back to the seed though. Let's just touch a few more, few more questions on that. Um, looks like first round was the lead on that, right? That's a great name. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so um, we've worked with First Round and, and Mavron and, and a few of the investors who have uh, who've really stepped up in, in, in our A, we've actually worked with um, for the past year and a half. So they've also gotten to know us and invest in us over the last few rounds. Um, and, and so First Round and, and Mavron and, and a few others uh, have been with us for a while now. And um, Mavron came in early with you know, as part of a seed program, given they, they typically are more of an A fund and um, they've been fantastic partners uh, through and through and first round as well, um, you know, is incredible seed partner that uh, is, we actually worked out of their office for several months after. Um, so not only been a great partner 
uh, providing guidance, but also providing shelter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey, you know, take it, take what you can get from your investors, work it, work it. Yes. Um, how did you identify those guys as a, a good fit? Did you run a process? Did you, you know, talk to a lot of investors? Did you focus on New York only? Did you come out West? Maybe a little more nitty gritty on the raising that round. Yeah. So that, that, that round was a, a really interesting process. Um, when we, when we first started, uh, conversations, it actually was much more natural. We were, we were just starting to leave and, and, and move into this full, move into this full time. And, uh, we had been thinking about what we wanted to do next and had, had some, some pretty detailed thoughts about this, but um, hadn't expected to go and, and start a fundraising process as quickly as we did. And it really came from casual conversations. Um, we ended up speaking, uh, talking about what we were thinking about doing with friends and, and they said, oh, you know, there's a few folks that are really great consumer investors, really strong thought partners, even if you're not looking to raise, you'll learn a lot just speaking with them. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, at first we were, we weren't sure if that was the right path or not, but then, uh, we said, you know what, more really smart people who can give us guidance, uh, the better. And, and so we took conversations with, with a few folks from, from Mavron, um, first round and, and, and Graycroft and others, um, some of whom, and then given our last, uh, startup we also had a few conversations with people we've met over the past five or ten years working in the industry and uh during that process there was a lot of excitement about what we were doing um mm -hmm. and and so then we said okay there's a lot of excitement here there's a lot of interest here should we run a formal process and that meant putting together a pitch deck that meant um keeping these conversations going but also sparking new conversations really uh, wanting to make sure that um, we were gonna be working with the right partners for us, that, which meant really going a little bit uh, uh, and thinking about who should we speak with, having those conversations. And, and then uh, once we had leads and once it looked like we were gonna have leads in place, making sure that we accelerated any conversations. Um, and then once we had a term sheet and, and, and the leads defined, um, making sure that we kind of figured out how, is the, how we could best round out the, the round um, and make sure that we had the right partners on stage for the right partners on board for that stage of the, the company. Uh, and so we were very fortunate to get um, people who have really strong consumer investing experience as well as consumer operating experience. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that balance and, and, and really thoughtful around building, uh, particularly building consumer brands. And that was something that was really important to us at that stage because uh, while we've grown companies and we've built products that people really loved in the past, building a, a consumer brand from the ground up in a really thoughtful way was something that we felt it was really important to get people much smarter than us at uh, around the table to, to give us feedback and guidance. So did you just make a list? I mean, were you just, how did you form a list and how long was that list plus or minus of, uh, of consumer brand experts or consumer brand VCs? I, I know Mavron, I've heard of them as consumer you know, product specialty, but I, I couldn't, name 10 consumer focused brands, VCs, sorry. 
Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily, so I think Mavron's quite unique in that they're, as a firm, consumer only. I think that's part of their tagline is consumer only venture capital. Uh-huh. And so they're, they're just great at that. And, and that was one of the first, and we got very lucky in that that was one of the first firms that we ended up speaking with. Um, and then for other firms, like first round, obviously, uh, hence the name invest in the first round, but across uh, the different spectrums, whether it's B2B, consumer, and so on. But most of the firms that we would go and look at their sites and try to see what, what, what other investments they had made, um, it's a balance. You obviously want to uh, uh, talk with people who have invested in con- like cons- companies that are not competitive to what you're doing, but are parallel to what you're doing. And so uh, that also was a lens with which we looked. So we said, hey, uh, there's really strong uh, consumer brand partner. At at first round, our partner is Haley Barna. And, and, you know, she was one of the founders of Birchbox and uh, and had a lot of direct-to-consumer experience, subscription e-commerce experience, uh, company building experience. Um, and at, at Mavron, um, when we when we first started working there, we were working with uh, a partner, Rebecca Caden, um, uh, who was there and, and had been involved early in a number of their consumer invest their investments, and um, and just had a, seen a lot and has a very strong sense for for consumer there. And um, we for the past year or so, um, she ended up uh, leaving the firm, but we worked with with. Jason Stouffer there, who has just been also phenomenal, has seen and grown consumer brands for uh, probably a decade at this point um, across both uh, true consumer e-commerce and subscription businesses to others. And uh, we got very fortunate to get to meet both of them during that process. Cool. Um, Did you try and, you know, were you almost playing some of these firms off each other to get that first term sheet or did you you get a term sheet and then you kind of like circle it to everyone else and fill it out. Right. Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah. So, um, this is also a a year and a half ago, so it's a little (laughs) bit, uh, and, and and it's felt like it's a year and a half. I felt like, uh, uh, a whirlwind last 18 months. So, um, it's, I'm trying to remember the exact phasing of it. I think for us, it was, we, um, the term sheet came quite quickly, actually. I think it came um, within about a month of, of conversation. And so for us, once that happened, or as we realized that was coming, it meant that we had to accelerate our process and our conversations with other folks, so that, um, which is also a really good forcing um, function, I think, um, because it then meant that we were really going to be able to uh we wanted to make sure that when we made the decision we could make it with the as much information as possible so we could make what we felt was the best decision in terms of partners and and so on and um and it's a balance because at that early stage you're these are people like there's not typically that much beyond individuals that they're betting on and what they believe you guys can, what you can do and, and, and what um, you are doing and the excitement around that. And so it's a balance between uh, making sure that you are running a process and you obviously want to um, optimize for uh, making sure that you get the right partners on board. You want to make sure that 
um, you're getting a, a fair value for for uh, the equity, um, and that you're also though being upfront and honest with with these people because you're going to be working with that. There's no one who's going to be no investor will be working with you longer, um, and so it's yeah. really important that you build a, a really straightforward uh, and honest foundation from from the beginning with, with these folks. And so um, for us, that was really important. Um, and so it's a balance between. Yes, you're in sales mode and you're in sales tactics, but also being transparent with, with people and, and, and uh, upfront with people. Okay. A um, couple small more questions on, on the seed and we'll move on. Did you, uh, if you're willing to share, did you, did you guys kind of set the valuation or did the, did the VCs? This is something that founders always love to understand. Like how does valuation get set? Do you remember? So I, I, I believe that we talked about less, I think, so the, the amount of, so our, the process in the round was, um, which is always a good place to be, is was oversubscribed um, at the first uh, um, amount. And so then once we realized that there was, there was more interest um, uh, than we were, ready to have room for um, then it became a conversation around well should we you know at, also similarly at the earliest stages having more capital is not a bad thing um, if it if you need a little extra time to figure something out or not everything goes according to plan and so then it was a balance of well do we how do we think about and also making sure you have the right partners in and making sure you can fit the right partners in and that they have enough stake where they're it's worth it. They're not just putting in money and, and forgetting about you, but it's worth their time. Yeah. And so I believe in terms of the process, I think there was a, um, in the, we, we had a conversation before term sheet happened of, of a range. And then I think they presented the actual initial numbers. And then I think we came and came back with a kind of counter and we, we made an agreement and, yeah. and moved forward. It was, it was actually um, a, uh, like, uh, I thought it was a fair, a very fair process. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it kind of also is something that's really important when you're going through this process, how, how, the, how both sides act during the process is usually a strong indicator of how they'll act after the process. And so, yep. um, uh, I think that was just the first of many signs that we, we had really good partners on board. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, last one about this. What were you pitching? Did you guys have a, a working prototype? Did you have traction yet? Or is this just you guys, your background, and this big idea? <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think what, what – so we, we definitely had our and, – and leaned on, on what we were going to do. Um, we didn't have a, uh, a full-on scaled product in place at that stage. Um, what we did have were some marketing tests. So we had run some marketing tests. We put up a, uh, at the time, we had put up a, I think it was a Weebly website with a Shopify buy button uh -huh. and a type form uh, uh, questionnaire. So the, uh, and we, sold over-the-counter um, hair loss products. And you were just running Google ads or Facebook ads or something? Yes, and we were just running a few ads to it. And just to, it was a pretty terrible experience and people still <laughs> purchased. 
Um, and I think that was kind of the, the thought was, well, if, if this is actually doing it, there might be something here. Um, it was no, by no means large scale, right? Like we were, we were doing this very small scale, but just to show that we weren't just talking, but that we actually, it also, it helped two things. One, it helped just tell a story and be able to talk to that. But it also, it also helped show that we could execute. And we didn't, and it was actually something that we would not necessarily bring forward in our pitches. So it was not like the test was actually not in our pitch deck. Oh. Uh, uh, but they would inevitably talk about it and we, but when we sent over our, our materials, we wanted to really, um, talk to the, the broader vision and story. And then if they asked about, uh, how would we operate or what do we think this would look like, we could then respond with, well, we've actually run a test and we caveat it that it's small, but here's what we saw. Here's what we did. And here's what we learned. And that, because at the early stage, you want to balance um, uh, numbers. Like, there's there's benefits to having numbers, and there's risks to having numbers right. at yeah. such an early stage. Um, and so, whether you're selling the dream and the vision, or selling the reality, um, at that stage was really about. Uh, it was so early in our life cycle. It was much more about selling what we were building, and that we could do it, and that we had a plan and a path, and that we had some. Uh, ability to show that we could do it, but then at the same time, it was really about uh, talking about the vision and, and, and going from there. Yeah, no, that's great. So you kind of framed it as here's what we learned and here's our plan and path forward. Don't get don't get stuck in these metrics because it's maybe not you know mind blowing, right? But here's it wasn't that it wasn't yeah it wasn't that it wasn't mind blowing or that it was mind blowing. It was I think the fact that we sold anything was mind blowing. It, uh -huh. This was a pretty terrible experience that, and the fact that people were still buying was mind blowing. We, cause we, we didn't spend a ton of money. It was less about the numbers because we, I think we spent maybe one or $2,000 in advertising and everything like that to get this up and running. Um, and much more about just that we could execute this. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I love hearing these stories. I was down in LA on Monday and I met, uh, at startup boost at where it's this pre accelerator and I met those two women who are doing a kind of like a marketplace on demand for wellness, like a little bit more counseling and stuff like that. But I'm like, just talking about their business and like, who's your engineering? They had no engineers. They literally kind of did what you said. They had a, a web page built from some, you know, off thing. And I think they used Shopify button too and a few other, like a form capture and some other things. It was amazing. They built like an actual startup without having any engineers. <laughs> it was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can, I think for testing ideas early on, and I think it's really helpful at the earliest stages. And it's also helpful even at any stage to, to really be scrappy and test something quickly. There's a lot of out of the box tools that are not perfect, but you can get signal from them. And that's oftentimes enough that yeah. signal alongside uh, a hypothesis is enough to at least move forward with a larger test. All right. I know you have to get going pretty soon. Let's just go to series A quickly. So uh, fast forward, I guess you, you know, seed, you had, we had series A, I'm assuming you've got like a real product and some real metrics and um, did the same investors lead or did you bring in a new lead? 
Yeah, so in, in our Series A, we had uh, co-lead um, one of our existing investors, Mavron, and a new investor, Northzone. Um, and then a lot of our, uh, and then a few of our existing investors were, had put in very small amounts um, in the seed, but were RA funds. And so put in A-sized checks into this round for the first time. Um, so they put in a very small amount just to, I guess, track how the business was going. Uh, and then we brought in, so North Zone was, was, a, was our external lead. And this round, kind of going, kind of tying it back to the, the first one that we did. So in the first round, it was quite important for us to bring in a group of investors that could help us think about scaling consumer brands. And this time, as we've gone further along and we feel like we're much, we have a strong base there, where we wanted to bring in additional was one, people who have operationalized and grown companies like this, yeah. but also people with strong healthcare experience. Because what we found from going out to investors was that consumer investors and healthcare investors are often different people. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and so for us, um, that was something that we felt was really important in this next phase of our journey was to make sure that we brought in really, really strong healthcare investors and partners. And so, uh, from the consumer side and, and taking a later stage and larger stage uh, investment like North Zone, you know, they, one of the companies that uh, recently went public that they were a very early investor in Spotify have obviously grown hmm. global large companies, but then we brought in a few folks who have uh, one of them is a, a collective called Two River and, and another was a firm called Hillcore. Um, these are both healthcare investors who have, um, they originally started because the proprietors of both of these had founded, grown, and sold multi-billion dollar healthcare companies. Um, and that experience in their networks was going to be, is incredibly valuable for us. And so, and it was a new type of investor to really round out the experience that would also put in, uh, be able to put in meaningful time and support to help us hit this next phase, particularly as we brought in our healthcare platform. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, any, uh, any other lessons learned or tips or guidance or anything you would do differently if you were doing this all over again now that you, uh, yeah, anything we haven't covered? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the the thing that I've I've found is really important, and it's a balance. And I think raising around at any stage is uh, a mix of of one. Um, there's always a mix of luck and being in the right place at the right time, or working on something that is interesting, or getting connected to someone who finds what you're doing interesting. Um, and you know, we've been very fortunate in that regard. Um, I think. Uh, Especially as you, as you continue to grow as a business, there's a balance and there's different strategies around, do you speak with people when you're, like, do you only speak with people when you're in the process versus do you speak with people when you're not in the process and when is the right time to speak with people? Yeah. And I think, um, I, and I've heard both sides and I think there's valid points to both sides. And I think when we started in the early stage, we said, 
it was important that if we were going to have these conversations, we, we do them as part of a formal process. And then otherwise, we don't have these conversations because we want to um, build momentum going into a process. And as you go into the later stage, it becomes, I think, more important, particularly as someone's writing a larger check and there's more data and your business actually is more nuanced and you can talk to it more. Um, uh, having the ability to build relationships with people over time um, can be very helpful. And so uh, you don't, you wanna, again, always make sure that you're uh, building momentum when you do decide to go into a process, but just getting to know who's out there because there's, great firms out there that um, and great people out there that even if you're not necessarily in the process right away can a just provide value but be um good to get to know so that when you are ready to to start it um they can help accelerate that process um uh much faster yeah are you already starting to socialize and talk casually to to potential investors for your next round i know that ink is barely we just, well, we, 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 we just close so we're <laughs> Where we we have a uh, a lot of things on our plate at the moment. <laughs> yeah, of course. Launching a new brand uh, uh, is no small task. Awesome! This is great. So, if people want to learn more, I guess the best place is keeps.com or cove.com or anything else. Uh, anything you'd like to promote or plug? Yeah. So, um, co uh, keeps.com is our our site that's live. You can go there and um, get access to high quality personalized. Um, uh, FDA approved treatments for men's hair loss. Um, with cove.com, we'll be launching uh, uh, later this year. Um, it's not live yet, but you can go there and, and, and put in your email address uh, to stay uh, updated and learn when we do launch. And you know, as a company, uh, 30 Madison, we are hiring across the board and check out our site and, and look at all the open roles. It's, um, we're, we're showing them today on, on the brand that people know us for, which is keeps.com slash careers. Cool, excellent. All right, Steve, thanks so much. This is exciting, congrats. I, I don't know if I'm gonna become a customer, but you know, I should, who knows, maybe I'll uh, change my mind. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> don't, just don't look behind, you know, don't look at the back part. Um, Cool. Well, we'll catch you after your next round and keep up the good work. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Take care. Bye.